I think I'm on. Yep, I can hear some noise coming out of those front of house speakers. That's amazing. Isn't it uh, technology amazing, eh? Don't know how it happens, but it must come from my voice box and somehow just come out over there. That's a miracle in itself, almost, isn't it? Now, God's a creator. Amazing what man can do with God's creation, what they can develop. Certainly shows us that we're made in his image, eh? Praise God. Hey, what a great testimony, uh, Reuben. That was awesome. It's great to be back together. A new year. I'm always excited about new things. New year, new day, first day of the new, a new week. Uh, we started off this year, the first week we, uh, we had a, talked about the new man. Do you know who the new man was? Jesus. That's it. He's the new man. And then Andy followed that up last week. Andy Prentice from Auckland, from Encounter Church, he followed that up last week with a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. The new man in us, and us in him. Now we're going to be speaking this morning about a new season. A new season. I know many of you guys are going through a season in your lives. I don't know what season you're going through, but there'll be all different seasons and different times. Life's a bit like that. You know, in the natural, God has seasons for us. We have a winter, and then we have a a springtime. Now, the spring is different to the winter. The winter, it can sometimes be bitterly cold. It can be freezing, and we hug our blankets around us in bed. I quite like the winter. I used to like it when we didn't have a tile roof, and you had a uh, corrugated iron roof, and you could hear the rain on the on the roof as you went to bed, and then you snuggle up into your blankets, and that was uh, really good. So I think when I build another house, we'll build one with a corrugated line roof, because I've missed that. But it can be bitterly cold sometimes in the winter. <clears throat> but then in the spring, the, the buds come out, and things start happening. And then it's summer, and sometimes it can be too hot in the summer. But then there's an autumn, and there's times of fruitfulness in our lives, when there's a time of a harvest in our lives. And I don't know what season you're going through, But seasons are very important. For some of you, you might be young and you haven't found a partner for life yet. You just need to trust the Lord in that season. You need to talk to our Heavenly Father about that because He's Jehovah Jireh. He's a great provider. For some, you might be newlyweds. It's a new season. No longer you're on your own. There's two of you. But then God's going to bless that and He's bringing a time of fruitfulness and He'll give you a child. And that'll be a new season. There'll be nappies to change. Feeding time. You'll find that when a child is born, it cries out for a feed and demands that feed, and you've got to give it one to keep it quiet. There's all different seasons. Sometimes you, uh, the children then grow up, and then you get to um, teenage years, and, uh, well, all the time they grow up, don't they, Dave? Dave's got more experience than me than this, but we're, we're learning. They do grow up. They go through teenage years. Then they get married. I've got a young daughter married already. I've got a son-in-law. Fantastic. No longer do I have to change your nappies. <laughs> I just, yeah. There you go. Good to hear you listening. The very fact that God has created different seasons is, is proof of his love to us, that he cares for us. And no matter what season we're going through in life, God is there with us, and he's going to bring blessing out of that season. For us this year, with the beekeeping, because that's what we do as a business, we're going through a very difficult season in a sense. 
our, our, our crop looks like it's 80% down on what it should be. That's quite, a sea, that's quite a season. Part of it is because back in the winter, it wasn't, there was a lot of rain, but it wasn't as cold and as harsh as it needed to be. I found that when there's a very cold winter and you get a good couple of weeks frost, well, suddenly the plants come into line and they all flower when they should. You get the rain, the cold weather when it should, then the spring comes in, then the summer. But if it's a bit out of balance and out of kilter, it can sometimes go wrong. So we're now reaping, reaping because maybe the winter wasn't as cold as it should have been. But that's just a seasonal thing. Even years are like seasons. We have, last time I remember a year like we're going through now uh, was about 18 years ago. And uh, different seasons come in life. But if you just get stuck in the one season and you don't realize a season is something that is passing, you can be very perturbed about it. You can be very troubled about it. It, it's, it, it sometimes can be like you're down a well and all you see is the light at the top and, and, and you just don't, can't see the wood for the trees because it's so dark. Some people go through a very dark season. They lose loved ones. I think there's many people here in the congregation today and you're all at different seasons, different times of life even. But I want to encourage you today. Seasons is no, are normal. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse uh, 1 and 2, and then verse 11, it says, To everything there is a season. This is Solomon writing here as far as we know. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. In other words, to harvest. And verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Even though it might not seem beautiful to you now, what you're going through, God is bringing something beautiful out of it. Be sure of that. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I love what Reuben said about how that it was not by chance we're here today. God foresaw this moment a long time ago. Sometimes we think we are in control, but He is the one who is Lord of all that is in control. So, I think it's important that we welcome different seasons, different times of life. And, and, and different seasons in life, for us as individuals or a married couple, even in a church, they can be exciting, and they can also be a little bit scary sometimes. Both scary and exciting. You know, getting, getting uh, married can be scary and exciting at the same time. It's a new season in our lives. Finding a job when you leave school, it can be scary and exciting at the same time. Having kids, goodness me, that can be scary and exciting. Making a decision to receive Jesus as Lord of your life and handing your whole life over to Him and receiving Him as Lord can be scary or exciting. Seasons, seasons, but God brings bless out of it, blessing out of it, sorry. So there's three things I want to speak about today, and the first one is what a new season brings. It brings change. A new season brings change. Now I want to encourage you today to embrace change. Change is your friend. Don't just get stuck in a rut. Don't just go on year after year with the same old, same old. God wants to move us on. He's got more for us. The world doesn't revolve around us. How we think, how we see God, how we see one another is not the only 
That's not the start and the finish of it. Last time I checked, uh, Jesus or God himself, his name is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That's where it starts and stops in God. So embrace change. Change is your friend. Now, there was a man I want to read about in the Bible that went through a season of big change, and that's Solomon. And if we look at 1 Kings chapter 2, this is um, Solomon, I don't know if you know, but uh, David, his father, King David, he wanted to build a temple for God. But he was a king who fought a lot of wars, there was a lot of blood on his hands, and even though he laid up all the, um, everything that Solomon needed to build the house, God said to David that he was not the one that was going to build the temple, the house for God. It was in David's heart, but he said that it was going to be his son Solomon that did that. <clears throat> so there came a time when David uh, was going to die. And that's what we read of in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. He says, I'm, a, I'm, going, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. In other words, die. So be strong. Show yourself a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements, as it is written in the laws, law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go. See, a big change was about to happen in Solomon's life. There'd been time when he was getting prepared to take over the kingdom from his father. Now, when he reigned as king, it was so different to David's reign. David reigned about 40 years. 33 of those years was in uh, Jerusalem, incidentally. And uh, interesting in how that Jesus was 33 years old. Great David's greatest son, Jesus, was uh, greater even than Solomon. And he was 33 years old when he died on the cross. He is the king forever. So um, here David's preparing Solomon for the throne to rule, and now David's going off the scene and Solomon's coming in. And it was a big change, a big change. It was a change in the kingdom because from going from a time when it was ruled by King David, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of wars, and, uh, and yet when Solomon reigned, ruled for a very long reign, there was a time of great peace. It was great power, great blessing, great favor. He took to heart uh, what his father told him, and he, 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 he followed the Lord. So he led Israel into many years to follow of, of successfully. But at this time for Solomon, he was looking at his father and thought, well, here's a man who's very strong. He's a man who the people love. He's a man that is after, uh, he's after God's own heart, it was said of David. A man after God's own heart, which is a wonder because when we see that David committed murder and adultery, how could that be? It just shows the grace and favor of God towards us, even in the Old Testament, even to King David. And here's Solomon thinking, well, how am I going to take over from Dad? This is a big change. But Solomon embraced change. And that's what I want, I want, to, I want, I want you to do this morning. As we come into a new year, this is the beginning of a new year, I want you to embrace change. God wants you to embrace change. He has more for you this year than last year. He has different things for you this year. And it's good that uh, we embrace change, that we experience it. So uh, there's a quote I've got here, and it says, It is not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. 
Going into the year, one of the biggest changes and the biggest things you need to conquer is what's going on, in, going on on the inside. What's happening on the inside of you? <clears throat> there was a couple of construction workers, workers working on construction site and they come to lunchtime and one of them opened his lunchbox and he looked at his sandwiches and says, Baloney! Baloney! Three times this week I've had baloney. And so his mate said to him, well, why don't you ask your wife to put something else on your sandwiches? And he says, well, like, I haven't got a wife. He said, well, who made your sandwiches? He said, well, I made them. You know, some people are just going through the same old baloney, but it's of their own making. It's their own creating. God has a new season for us. If you don't like the baloney that's going on, look to the Lord. Praise his name. A new season brings change. Number two, a new season brings challenges. Oh, I want to say there's challenges. There's challenges for us at work this year. We've had challenges in the family at times. Sometimes we have challenges with our health. Sometimes there's challenges in the community. But it's just a season. And we embrace change. We embrace challenges. It grows us. First Kings, we read on about Solomon. First Kings chapter 3, verse 5 to 9. So what happens is God here, it says, And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what you shall, uh, sorry, ask what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown mercy to your servant David, my father. So Solomon acknowledged that. Because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have you have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Which was Solomon himself who was speaking. Verse 7, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a, ch a little child. He felt, he didn't feel that this new season that he could really just cope with it himself, you know? It was bringing change, a big change. I do not know how to go out or come in. Verse 8, And your servant is in the midst of your people who you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Verse 9, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Solomon had a great challenge before him. He could have asked God for money, but he didn't. He could have asked for wealth and riches, but he didn't. He had a big task before him and he took it seriously. You know, life is a serious thing. God has a purpose for you in life. He's created you for a purpose. It says that, he, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. But that's going to involve you going through different seasons in life. That's going to involve you embracing change. That's going to involve many challenges in life. And I want to encourage you to be like Solomon, who didn't ask for riches and wealth and fame and pleasure, but he asked for wisdom. He asked for understanding that God would be there. He recognized that he needed the Lord to carry him through. He was the one who was Jehovah Jireh. I feel this year that's what God's been saying to me. With the season we're going through on the bees. Who is it that is providing for you and your family and for the workers 
Is it your own hands, Paul, or is it me? Am I Jehovah Jireh? And he is. The Lord is our provider. The Lord will provide. So change brings challenges. James 1 verse 5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all, and it will be given him. That's great, isn't it? Ask God. Be aware of the season and the time you're in. Was it the man, Vizica, uh, uh, that knew how to discern the times and the seasons? Be aware of the season you're in. Embrace change. Allow God to take you through the challenges and ask Him for His wisdom and His, his guidance. I know, I know each one of us are facing different times. Some of us here are older. Perhaps some are widowed. And, and you're now having to go through a season where you're living life by yourself. But the Lord is with you. He can be everything you need. He can provide everything you want. Some people are going through disappointment. Some people have lost loved ones. And it's just, it's, Solomon's father moved on, and then he got this great ch- challenge to cope with. But God is able to equip you and take you through each season, and he will lead you as you look to him. The third thing is, a new season births champions. I like this. A new season births champions. Solomon had, had the greatest kingdom of all, really, in Israel in the Old Testament. He, he, um, he was very rich, very wealthy. He had a time of great peace, and God totally blessed him. He didn't only give him wisdom, but he gave him wealth and fame and riches. He gave him everything he didn't ask for. And it's just what it says in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your own self-righteousness, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So Solomon, he accepted the changes, he faced the challenges, and he became a champion. I'm standing here this morning looking at champions in the making. Champions, great champions here. God wants to use you in in your life. You might think, well, who am I? What am I? That's exactly what Solomon said. But God can do with your life what he did for Solomon's. Solomon followed the instruction of his father. He was steadfast in what he did. He, He was humble about himself. He wasn't puffed up with pride. And he trusted in the Lord. And he was a mighty king who ruled over Israel. <clears throat> he became a champion. Now, 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, verse 10 to 14. And this is when Solomon had just finished completing the building of the temple. This was about 11 years after David um, passed on to be with the Lord. There was Solomon. He fulfilled the building of the temple. It was a big project. It took him seven years. So he started about four four years after his father passed away. And um, here he is. And um, he's about to bring the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know if you've read a lot about the Ark of the Covenant, but then when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and they went through the wilderness, uh, what they made, they had a uh, tabernacle in the wilderness and, and they had a out of court there, they had a holy place, and they had a most holy place, and there was this Ark of the Covenant with there, and it was on poles, and it was, um, it was made out of acacia wood, and it was overlaid with gold, which speaks of deity. It was a picture of Jesus himself. The, the acacia wood was a very, very hard wood. It spoke of the perfect humanity of Christ, 
but also the overlaid with gold spoke of the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was two cherubims there, and their wings were up over above it, and they touched, and, and, and God dwelt there right on the mercy seat. On the top of the ark was this mercy seat where the high priest would come in once a year with the blood of atonement into the most holy place and pour it on the ark of the covenant and atone for the people's sins, for his own sins and the sins of the people for another year. And, and, and God would cover over that, the sin of Israel for that year. And, and the glory of God dwelt there. The pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud directly over the mercy seat, directly over the ark of the covenant. And here's Solomon. He's built the temple and he's wanting to bring the ark that houses the glory of the Lord and he wants to bring it into the most holy place and he brings it in and he wants, to, he wants a place for God to dwell because that's where God dwelt in the Old Testament. Where does he dwell today? He dwells within us. We become the temple in our heart. He dwells within us by his spirit. Now that Christ has died, he's buried and he's risen again. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. We become the te temple. But here's Solomon. David was concerned about a house for the Lord, and now here's Solomon. And it says, um, when the priest drew, uh, verse 10, chapter 8, verse 10, 1 Kings, when the priest drew, withdrew, they'd just taken the ark in from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, verse 11, and the priests could not perform their service before, uh, because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. So thick, so so his presence was so present. The glory, they, they couldn't really go in. They couldn't continue doing their work. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned that Solomon around and blessed them. And uh, so he built a temple. God, and he was concerned about where the glory of God would dwell. And that's what we're concerned about here at Excite. God is not dwelling in a temple made with hands today. He's dwelling in our hearts and in, in our lives. And the glory of God comes down when Christ, when, when the, see that, that most holy place was empty until the Ark of the Covenant came back. That Ark speaks of Jesus himself. That's why we started this new year talking about the new man. He's like the uh, Ark of the Covenant brought into the holy place. See, Jesus died on the cross to cleanse us from all our sins, to sanctify us, to set us apart. But now, in resurrection, He comes to dwell in us. We are the temple of the living God. So this season, be sure that the Lord is enthroned in, in your heart, that you have made Him a place to dwell, that it is not you sitting on the throne, but His glory will fill your temple if you have enthroned Him there. It's, 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 this is a season for the people of God to recognize that the very presence of God is among us, that Jesus Himself dwells within us, that we already have eternal life within us once we have Christ. And it's not our life, it's the life of His Son. And the glory, like it always was, is only there in that man. Jesus said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. He doesn't need Jesus and Paul or Jesus and Ruth. But if I receive him, the glory as it has always been is there in him. See, he said, all the fullness of the Godhead 
Uh, it said, all the fullness, I think John wrote of him, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. In Jesus. So when we have Jesus, we have everything. So perhaps today you're trying in your own strength. But I want to encourage you. For you to become a champion, take God's champion and enthrone him in your heart whatever, at this season, at this time, no matter what you're going through now, whether it's winter, whether it's spring, whether it's summer, whether it's an autumn season, enthrone the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. He wants to dwell among us. He wants to tabernacle among us. He wants to be your God. He wants to provide for you. We can sing Hosanna, save now. And he will, but that salvation is found in his Son alone. Once we have him, he that has the Son has life. He that does not have that Son, the Son of God, hasn't got life. You might have, a, you might have something that looks similar to it, but only life alone, eternal life, is found in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is the man that has been received up in glory. He is the man that the glory comes through when it shines out of us. Hallelujah. Praise his name. All glory and honor to him. So the key to becoming a champion today is to submit yourself to Christ. James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he, would, will, he will lift you up, or he will exalt you. Praise God. We have an enthusiastic team here. So I grew up not knowing a lot about, what's the time? Look, we've got plenty of time here, Steve. I grew up um, not knowing a lot about, about Jesus. I knew about him, but I didn't know him, okay? I knew Jesus, but I didn't really know him because I was brought up in a Christian family. And maybe that's you today here where you sit in your seat. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you don't know him. What do you know about that risen man today that you didn't know yesterday? If you're walking with the Lord, what do you really know about the risen Jesus? The man who lives in the glory now for you. What do you know about him today that you didn't know yesterday? If you're walking in relationship with him. Maybe it's just that you know a lot about him, but he wants, he wants you to get to know him. And if you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life, you can do that this morning. Romans uh, 10 verse 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. doesn't matter how good or how bad you've been. It's not even about who you are, what you are, what you do. It's not about that. It's about who he is and what he does in you. If we make room for him, he can live out his life in us. We can see the supernatural and miracles happen around us and through us. But it's all to do with what he wants to do when he wants to do it, what season he wants to take you through. So call upon the name of the Lord today and begin a new season. As I said before, maybe there's some here that knows the Lord, all about the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for them. And when it comes to sin, you know your sins have been washed in the blood of Jesus. But you've never necessarily received the man who lives for you. You've received the one who died for you, but have you received the one who lives now for you? Have you received, received them into your temple, into your life, has the ark come home to, to, to dwell permanently within Christ himself enthroned on the table of our hearts. I encourage you to do that today. So it's only a prayer way. Just ask, ask, and you'll receive. Ask him to come into your heart, he will come.
I just, just in clothing, I must have chased these guys away, didn't I? Just in closing, just, just in closing, I want to share a story with you. <laughs> there was a man who had four sons. And he wanted, to, he wanted his sons to learn not to judge too quickly. So he sent them each on a quest to go and look at a pear tree that was a great distance away. Four sons. The first son went in the winter. The second son went in the spring. The third son went on his quest. He went in the summer. And the fourth, the youngest son, went in the autumn. When they'd all gone and come back, obviously a year later, he called them to get together to describe to him what they'd seen. The first son said, the pear tree, it was ugly, it was bent, and it was twisted. The second son said, no, it was covered with uh, green buds and full of promise. But just think of this tree as each one of our lives, eh? The, the third son disagreed. He said, it was laden with blossoms. It smelled so sweet and looked so beautiful. It was the most graceful thing he had ever seen. And the fourth son, the last son, disagreed with all of them. He said, it, he said it was ripe and drooping with fruit, full of life and fulfillment. The man explained to his sons that they were all right because they had each seen but one season of the tree's life. He told them that you cannot judge a tree or a person by only one season and that this is the essence of who, uh, you know, it's being the essence of who they are. It can only be seen and measured at the end of their life. When all the seasons are over and past, then you can really see what fruit there is in their lives. So it doesn't matter if you're going through a season of winter, through a trial today. It doesn't matter if you're going through a season of spring and when the buds are coming out, things are blossoming and there looks to be a lot of hope. Uh, a summertime when there's beautiful fragrance, you know, or, or even an autumn time when there's just a, a great harvest of fruit. And even for us as a church, don't judge what God's doing by just one morning here at church. Don't judge what God's doing through us at Excite by just one year. This is a new year. We're taken up with a new man and a new creation and now a new season. And a new season is going to bring change and we're going to embrace that. It's going to bring challenges. We're going to get through them because the Lord is our helper and it's going to turn us into champions. That's the most exciting thing here this morning. You are a champion. God is on your side. He's using the times and the seasons to be a blessing to you. So trust in Him. Continue to enthrone Him on your heart. Walk by faith in Him. Let Him do the rest. Be encouraged this week as you go out trusting in God. Your season is going to bear fruit for His honour and glory. Amen. Let's finish with a song. Sounds like we should go up to Zion. It's a new song. I love new songs. He's given us a new song, a new season. I love change. Let's stand and sing.
song of creation The wind and the rhythm of the rain Oh, the thunder speaks of your power But there's something in the sound of the saints I've been washed in the roar of the ocean Found peace in the echoes of the cave And the trees in the field, they clap their hands But there's something about the sound of the saints From the lips of those you've saved A redemption song will rise With a sound so full it cracks the sky in God. What a Saviour, eh? Let's bow our heads and just want to pray a blessing on us for this year again. Father, we want to thank You that You have plans for each one of our lives. We want to thank You today for every season that we go through in life and every season that is coming our way this year. Father, just have Your way in our lives, we pray. Develop each one of us into champions, Father, that uh, Christ would be exalted and honoured honoured in every part of our lives we pray we just submit our hearts open to you our God we present our bodies to you a living sacrifice and we just say have your way in us Father you are a God to be trusted you are God who has proved yourself to David to Solomon you proved yourself to Joseph even when he was in the darkest prison and dungeon uh, even with Jeremiah in the dungeon you were still there no matter how dark our winter is you're there father and you're going to bring a time a, a season of fruitfulness a time of a blessing uh, even an excite this year and we just declare that out father because you're at work in our, each one of our hearts and lives and whether we're young or old father we thank you that often it's even at the the latest time in the year or the later time in life when we reap the greatest harvest when when we're more effective than when we're younger well, i thank you for every a mature person here in the congregation, Father. I thank you for their steadfastness uh, in coming along and praying for the saints. 
Father, and praying for excitement, praying for our community. Father, living a life of testimony and something that is steadfast. Father, I just thank you for the mature ones in the congregation. For those who are younger, Father, we just pray that they would just cling to the Lord, that they would prove your faithfulness over, the, over this year again, Father, because you are so good. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you that you're for us. And if God be for us, you can be against us. Father, we rejoice in you. We sing as we march up to Zion in the freedom and liberty and life and power that you've given us in Christ. Father, we thank you in his name. May Jesus be glorified in your life today. Amen. I do stay for a cup of tea.